Alan Walker Invasion Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. I'm your host, Adam Caster. Here as always, my co-host, Ed Birdsall. Mr. Birdsall, how's your weekend? Um, very interesting weekend. It really, really was. Um, congratulations to anybody who made it out of their fantasy matchups without a single injury on their roster. If you did, you are very, very lucky because a lot of yeah, there were a lot of injuries between quarterbacks between Dalvin Cook going out twice and giving people near heart attacks or having That's people crazy. scramble to see if Alexander Madison was on their waiver wire. It was a, a lot of crazy things happened this weekend. It was a very, very weird weekend for fantasy. But, hey, we cap it off tonight with uh, with the Monday Night Delight, the Lions and the Packers. We'll be doing a uh, start-sit preview for that at the end of the show and you know for now it's just talking about the uh, weekend that was in the nfl yeah this is just such a weird week i mean first of all you have all these injuries you had like scares with Derek carr mm-hmm. that was like a crazy thing it's not like i don't even know what's going on with him and you have just narratives falling apart completely for a lot of teams yeah, for a lot of teams, for a lot also, of teams. And then, you, and then you have some surprises, you know, coming out. Like, who would have thought that the San Francisco 49ers would be 2-0? Not me. No, me neither. Um, who would have thought the Raiders would be 2-0? After beating Baltimore and Pittsburgh? Yeah. Yeah. Who would, who would have thought that after week two, the Raiders and the Broncos would have better records than the Chargers and the Chiefs? We live in a weird timeline. Not me. Not me. I can tell you that right now. Yeah, I mean, it's just yeah. I my condolences though to Paul Allen, the radio voice of the Minnesota Vikings. He has seen some shit. I feel so bad for Paul Allen. He has he has in fact seen some shit. But the fact of the matter is, do I dare say the Raiders may actually be a very good football team? Well, yeah, but I'm just saying, I mean, the, the poor Vikings. Oh, well, the Vikings, yes. The, the, no, he, he's oh. the radio he's the radio voice of the Vikings. He has been I around thought you for, said, I thought you said Raiders for a second. Oh, the, oh the Vikings. Radio voice. Oh, my good God. I think it's still uh, Musburger for the Raiders. Yes, I think, I think it is. It's Musburger, and I don't know why in, in my head it's popping up as Marcus Allen, but that's not right. Um. But the Vikings, oh my lord! And you know it's funny on that on that drive with cousin with Kirk Cousins on the final drive when they were getting ready to kick the field goal and they were marching down the field. I said, I said to Jared and I said to Matt, I said, watch, Cardinals are winning this game some way somehow. There's going to be some fuckery that happens. Yes, I did just use the term fuckery, and I will use it again. There will be some fuckery that happens where the Cardinals win this game. And lo and behold, lo and behold. Still probably the second worst uh, last second loss to the Cardinals in Arizona for the Vikings. Yeah. Yep. But that one was difference between them being one and one and looking really, really good. And now Owen two. So, but because the, the 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 Minnesota Vikings, I was I was gonna say the Kirk Cousins, they they, they might as well be the Kirk Cousins show. But there is an interesting like we're gonna talk about some buyer sells, and Kirk Cousins is definitely that that's a question that I that I definitely want to ask, and just kind of see where we uh, where we lie on uh, on that one. I mean I mean might, might as well just get into it. I mean I mean we're on the subject, so who really cares? And quarterback is the one we usually start on anyway. So let's just do it. Buy or sell. Is Kirk Cousins a must start at the position going forward? Um, I think for next week, he should be. He's home against C- – they're home against the Seahawks. That's their mm-hmm. home opener, actually. And they have three straight home games. It's Seattle, it's Cleveland, and Detroit before they go to Carolina, and then that's their bye week. Yeah, and then they come off the bye. They host Dallas, 
Then they go to Baltimore, then to the Chargers. Me personally? Yeah. I don't know if you were going still, but. No, I mean, were were you still going? Do you want to wrap up? No, it's fine. No, I mean, like the schedule, as far as the schedule is concerned, don't worry about it. Well, what do you think? I mean, is is Kirk Cousins someone that you're, you're buying it? Yeah, I think he, I don't know if he's a must start. I think he's a start. I think he's a good, he's good. He's been good for the past couple of weeks. I'm, yeah, he's looked competent. You know, the thing is, the thing that we haven't seen for Kirk Cousins since he signed that huge contract, we barely see him throwing the ball as much as he is right now. He threw the ball 49 times against the Bengals. He threw the ball 32 times against the uh, the Cardinals. And so at this point, like if, if Mike Zimmer is going to keep having this sort of uh, game plan where they're not relying on Dalvin cook as much, it seems like then, yeah, go for it. If we see situations where like, what was it two years ago, three years ago, where Kirk Cousins only threw the ball nine times in the game. Yeah then you're going to be a situation where you're going to be fucked over by Kirk Cousins. But if this is how the offense is going to be, if they keep playing in shootouts, like the like the game against Cincinnati and the game against Arizona, then, yeah, Kirk Cousins, you got to fire him up. Kirk Cousins or Matthew Stafford, who would you rather start going forward? Um, oh, that's a tough one, actually. I, I'd rather start Matthew Stafford. I'd rather start Stafford as well. Kirk Cousins or Ryan Tannehill? Ryan Tannehill has looked like. Oh, we'll get we'll get to him. He's lost. I'm yeah, gonna start we'll get to him. I'd start Kirk Cousins. I would start Kirk Cousins as well. Kirk Cousins or Derek Carr, someone who has looked terrific. I I'd rather start Derek Carr. I like Derek Carr a lot. I mean, I I know you are a big Derek Carr guy. Feel a little vindicated. I mean, I, I think they're both fantastic options right now. Um, I, I think for me, I just like um, I like Cousins' schedule a bit more than I like Derek Carr's. And I think, but I still think Derek Carr is he's someone that if you told me you're starting him in deep twelve team leagues, or you're starting him in Superflex or in two QB. 2QB, yeah, strict 2QB, absolutely. I would say that's, that's a fantastic option. And, I mean, in a week where we lost Baker Mayfield, Tua Tagovailoa, Tyrod Taylor, Andy Dalton, Carson Wentz, where in two quarterback leagues, it is going to be such an active week on waivers. If you have Derek Carr as, like, a third option there, you are sitting so pretty because you could do so many different things. You could try and trade Derek Carr and get a nice piece in return you can just decide to sit on Derek Carr or if, if he's someone that you're relying on now, say you had Carson Wentz and Carson Wentz is now down and you have to rely on Derek Carr or Kirk Cousins. I think that's a very, very fair uh, duo to, uh, to rely on. I mean, I know in my super flex, I have Kirk Cousins and let me tell you when I was watching that game yesterday, I just wanted as many points as humanly possible. I was loving it. I was absolutely loving it. Yeah, it was great. So, mind you, mind you also, that was a league. As I was drafting, I was told it was Superflex. So, <laughs> that's kind of funny. It, it, honestly, it was a mistake that I didn't even process that I made until I realized in round five that the best quarterbacks on the board were Tom Brady, Jalen Hurts, Ryan Tannehill. I'm sitting there, I'm saying to myself, you know, Kyler was Kyler got, went in round two. Kyler and Mahomes is on, on the same team. I'm just like, am I missing something? And I, I, I seriously, I just put two and two together when I looked at the roster grid on CBS that they have, and the flex options were quarterback, running back, receiver, tight end. I was like, fuck, this is super flex. Oh man, yeah, that was yep. uh, that was something. I'll tell you that. Yeah. So my buy or sell is kind of, they're not even like yes or no questions. It's just having to deal with the two quarterback, two like big quarterback injuries. Yeah. Tua and Carson Wentz. How fucked are both teams? Very. As a result of these injuries. Very fucked. 
I mean, I mean, all, all the concerns with Jonathan Taylor coming into the year about what would happen if Carson Wentz is not the starting quarterback. Yeah, they're legit now. And you have to worry about Jonathan Taylor just going forward because we had two drives where Marlon Mack back to back was the guy. So everything that Frank Reich said about Marlon Mack, they want to incorporate him, continue to use him. You have Naeem Hines there as well. The concerns are very, very valid that Jonathan Taylor could be in this ridiculous timeshare that, you know, now the Colts could flat out be awful. They could be flat. It could be absolutely terrible because Jacob Eason, why he's throwing to Jalen Ramsey or even in the same area code as Jalen Ramsey to end that game, I have, I haven't the slightest idea. That just makes no sense to me. Why, why he would even try it. Um, and then as for Miami, I, I mean, Jalen Waddle kind of came back down to earth. Devontae Parker sucks. Will Fuller, I mean, I don't know what's happening there. Well, he did. He just didn't play. He was on. Yeah, I don't even know what was going on with Will Fuller. Frankly, he was, he was good to go. He was good to go. He was off suspension. I don't know what the deal was there. It's like, it seemed like, I don't know, like he took himself out of the game. Like he took himself off of the, off of the run. Like he made him, he enact, he deactivated himself or. I don't know. I'm so, I was very confused at that. I still am. I still am. And we're sitting here almost 24 hours later. I don't know what happened there with Will Fuller. I don't. And, and also, I mean, this not only like this is a, like an us thing, too, because, you know, it really tanks Jason Sanders's value because when Tua went out, Jason Sanders put up a fat zero. And he's the reason that we're losing this week. Probably unless... I would not say in the co-own team that Jason Sanders is the sole reason. He's not why the sole are... reason. He's not the sole reason. I think there, there are other there are others, but. um, He. Clyde is one of them. Tyler yeah, Higby. Fuck Clyde. Basically, we need DeAndre Swift to put up a Derrick Henry stat line against Green Bay. Yeah, we need we need a 30 from DeAndre Swift. Actually, yeah. Just 30 even, because then we yep. win by point two. Yep. 30 points. 30 points is what we need. Um but here's the thing. Yes. So Tua got x-rays on his on his ribs and they were negative which is good yeah good sign um but we'll see carson wentz i'm a bit more scared of oh i'm I'm, i definitely concerned with both terrified but it's this uh report from from ian your boy carson wentz is dealing with injuries to both ankles Mm -hmm. not just one yes both ankles. Yeah, the ankle injury he sustained yesterday was a fresh ankle injury. Ugh. To the good ankle. To the to previously the good, good ankle. Yeah. So it's just like, can't win. Can't win. No. Um, and then while we're on the subject, the Somebody Andy Dalton. On Carson Wentz's lower body. Yeah. Yeah. Well. The Andy Dalton injury, it is not a torn ACL that has come from Matt Nagy. That is not a torn ACL for Andy Dalton. But they're going to do some more tests. They're going to try and figure out, you know, what's going on. But anybody who's hoping for Justin Fields to come in and be the guy may get their wish. <clears throat> Benny Gable, great guy. Great guy. Love Benny. Love Benny. Yeah. Great guy. Like uh, this, and, and but I also do want to save the Chicago Bears discussion for Allen Robinson because we need to have a talk. And I mean, Baker with the with the MCL sprain. Yeah, the but, left shoulder injury. Yeah, but at the same time, too. And then we also need to talk about Jarvis Landry, who also left that game and is looking like he, that's going to be a multi week absence for um, Jarvis Landry. Jarvis Landry. Thank you. Um uh, who's Baker Mayfield throwing to? <laughs> That's I mean, true. I mean, Odo Beckham is is MIA at this yep. point. Yep. He's throwing to Rashard Higgins, I guess. Uh, well, 
Demetric Felton just came out of nowhere and had one of the best touchdown runs Excuse catches me? I've ever seen. Demetric Felton? Demetric Felton. Yep, that's the guy. That's the guy. That's the guy. Demetric Felton, just out of nowhere. Um, not someone that I'm monitoring, you know, actively, but maybe I can, t- end, I can tell I you this right now. I can tell you this right now for anybody who you know needs help at tight end, and oh boy, will we get to tight end. Um, Austin Hooper, if there is no Jarvis, if there's no Odell, Austin Hooper, Harrison Bryant could be very, very sneaky good ads this week. Very, very, very good ads. Yeah, I think I think they're good. Also, I think that that means more for uh, Chubb and Hunt as well. Yes, yes. Because if there are no receivers, then just give the ball to the running backs. As they should. That's the Stefanski way. And both both have looked very, very impressive. You know, speaking of which, players that look really, really impressive, looked really, really impressive last week and the week before. Is Kyler Murray, does he have the inside track to being QB1 by the end of the season? The way he started, but he also started this way last year and then had that injury and then was kind of useless. But, I mean, so far he's looked he's looked very good. Rondell Moore should be added absolutely everywhere. A.J. Green has had a part to play. DeAndre Hopkins has been... There have been people who've been underwhelmed a bit with DeAndre Hopkins, but it just comes down to Kyler Murray spreading the ball out. They're going, they're much more balanced on offense, which is good for the Cardinals as a whole. And it's not like Kyler has to zero in on DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins is there when Kyler needs DeAndre Hopkins. But, you know, there are some people who are concerned with a four catch day from DeAndre Hopkins. And I think that, you know, it just kind of goes hand in hand with the Allen Robinson discussion that we're going to have when we get there. Yeah. But also, I mean, the Cardinals haven't had a number two like this to DeAndre Hopkins since he got there, really. Like a no, solid number two. It's true. It's very true. And he's a rookie, too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, he had that 77 yard bomb. And you know, it's, you know, it's very funny, too, is I was so close to picking up Rondell Moore uh, in my keeper league. And then I was very close to picking him up in uh, the Cologne about running it by you, picking up Rondell Moore. I was so close. It was so close. Did he get picked up by somebody? No. Ooh. No, he's, I believe he's, he's like 15% owned. Well, let's stop talking about that then because of reasons. He is. According to ESPN, he is 19.2%. 19.2% owned. Yep. That's the one. But yeah, he's someone that. He'll be talked about this week, for sure, as a yeah. very, very good waiver ad. You will be up there with Elijah Mitchell, and we'll get to that. We'll get to the, the the 49ers running backs. I mean, we can just segue right into the running backs if you would like to. Well, I mean, there are other players that I kind of want to talk about. Sure. As far as, like, points and just how good they, they looked. Um. Or even how bad they looked. I mean, we talked about Derek Carr. Daniel Jones did pretty well on Thursday. We yep. barely, we didn't. I mean, we kind of talked about it, but Daniel Jones quietly having a good two weeks. But Ryan Tannehill, we need to talk about Ryan Tannehill. We need to talk about the Titans. Yeah, we need Derek to talk about Henry. the Titans. Even though, even though they won, even though they won miraculously, yeah. 20 to nine at half and they come back and they win that game and they need, they needed a win too, like bad. Yeah. But I mean, you kind of, you kind of know what you're getting from Tannehill. I, I mean, I'm just a bit more surprised that the pass catching department has not been as consistent. Julio looked great. Um, AJ Brown had several drops in the matchup yesterday versus the Seahawks. I don't know what the love affair is with Chester Rogers. I really don't. It, it, we all know what the Titans are. They're a run first team that has a water rhinoceros known as Derrick Henry 
running the ball and can carry the load. A real animal? A water rhinoceros? He's a water rhinoceros, yes. Okay. Water rhinoceros. Not, not even a water buffalo, water bison, and a water rhinoceros. Who can carry the ball 30, 35 times with ease. And as we saw, that's exactly what happened. It got to a point where Seattle was completely worn down from dealing with Derrick Henry all day that towards the end of the game in the fourth quarter and then in overtime, the water rhinoceros just took over. He completely took over. And I tell you what, Jared made this point. By the way, it is uh, the Basement Talk podcast weatherman's uh, birthday today. Happy birthday, Jared. Well, happy birthday, Jared. 22, 22 years young. Hopefully we'll be here to celebrate it together next year. Um, so he said he made a great point when we were watching. He said there is nobody in the NFL that I know of, off the top of, off the top of my head, my being Jared, that makes a five-yard run look like a 20-yard run. And what he meant by that was it takes Derrick Henry longer to get five yards than it does for certain guys to get 20. He's basically like everything is in slow motion with him. Yes. He's basically like if Earl Campbell just astrally projected, like he switched bodies with a tw- with like a 15 year old kid. And then that 15 year old kid grew up to be Derrick Henry. Yes. And it takes, it takes him a million, a million minutes just to get five yards. It's like the, it's the slowest thing imaginable. And it's, it's very funny because Jared made the point and I was like, my God, you're so right. And now I will never be able to watch Derrick Henry the same way again without thinking about that. But I mean, that's what, that's what you draft Derrick Henry for. Nobody works harder for their yardage than Derrick Henry. Nobody works harder for their yardage than Derrick Henry. Yes, absolutely. That is the, the best way that I could have put it. And then after basically pounding the stuffing out of you trying to get that yardage he can break it off for like that 60 yard run that he did that he had in the fourth quarter that was pretty nice to watch yeah it's pretty nice pretty nice it's nice to be on the other side of that for once yeah and i i didn't even face derrick henry i did not face derrick henry at all this week so i was able to just sit back and be like yes derrick henry keeping keeping me alive that's uh keeping us in the game this is and what not it's like. taking me out of it anywhere else. But I, I would I would be a bit more patient with the Tennessee Titans. I know that's very difficult for for some. And trust me, I I'm very much in that boat. Given I have Ryan Tannehill, but I just think after you get past. Indianapolis, you have two matchups against the Jets and against the Jaguars, where I, that just screams get right. Oh, I'm not looking forward for, to that game against the Jets for two weeks for Tannehill. And and you know what? If Ryan Tannehill does not perform those two weeks against the the Jets and the Jaguars, then you simply cut him. And you know, and and that's that because there are so many other great quarterback options out there where you can go and make that replacement. Like we talked about before with Kirk Cousins and Derek Carr. I think those are two fantastic options that if you want to pick them up, you can absolutely do it. I think Kirk Cousins with Tannehill right now is an excellent duo. Yeah, I think so. Just because you have you have a person there that is you can use to replace uh, Ryan Tannehill with if I, Ryan Tannehill lets you down. Right, and, and you could sit Tannehill next week, you play Kirk Cousins against the Lions, and then you play Tannehill for two weeks. Yep. Like I said, not looking forward to that game. That Jets-Titans game is not is not going to be fun for anything, for any of us. So, Adam, how about those New York Jets? I don't want to talk about it. Matt, Matt made a, uh, a, a point where he said, because Matt is a big Zach Wilson guy. But he's a Giants fan, though. He's a Giants fan, Giants yep. fan, but, he's, but he, 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 he likes Zach Wilson. Okay. Said he said yesterday, and I quote: "You can kick my ass for the rest of time about any take that I said about Zach Wilson potentially being good when he's the quarterback for the New York Jets." And I said, "Okay, you've you've owned up to your flaws as a human being. I'm proud of you." Well, I think that Zach Wilson's an addict. He's a big play addict. He needs to be weaned off big plays. He needs to. Oh yeah, he he is. 
he is trigger happy. Let me tell you that. I think Robert's very trigger happy. Right. He needs to be, he needs to make boring throws. Yes. Yes. He needs to make boring throws. As much as I hate to say it, Tom Brady has played till he's 45 making boring throws because he's a boring guy. He's a boring guy, but Tom Brady right now is the front runner for league MVP by being boring. Well, good. If he wins the league MVP, then he won't win the Super Bowl because that's how it goes. Because that's how it's gone. I absolutely adore Tom Brady. I absolutely adore Rob Gronkowski. We will be. T- this is not a. It was not a good week for me. You just got done by the Tom Brady Rob Gronkowski stack. Fuck the Pats. All I gotta say. Fuck the Pats. They're not even on the Patriots, and they're still coming back to fuck you. Well, they played. The, it's because it's because of whatever. Fucking stupid. Anyway. Oh, you um, want to talk about the running backs? Yes. Stop me if you've heard this one before. Tony Pollard outscored Ezekiel Elliott. This is this is a question that I've gotten so much over the past 12 hours. I mean, holy fuck. Like, there are people that are listening to this podcast just because they want to hear what I have to say about this. Mr. And, Resident Cowboys fan. And whether or not the, the question is buy or sell is Tony Pollard going to usurp uh, Ezekiel Elliott and become the number one for the Cowboys? The answer is no, he's not. This year. Next year? I would say Tony Pollard is a fantastic get in Dynasty and Keeper Leagues at this moment in time. You know, I'm going to pull up spot rack for a second here so you taught because i'm going to check something yes you're going to to check the zeke's numbers no i'm going to check something else you talk more about the cowboys um well i mean zeke look zeke look good i I don't i'm not going to sit here and say that ezekiel elliott did not look good He, he he did he did he looked good but i just felt like watching that cowboys game there was more burst, and, and I think we all saw it. We all saw that there was more burst with Tony Pollard than there was with Ezekiel Elliott. There was more sideline-to-sideline side speed with Tony Pollard than there was with Ezekiel Elliott. And, you know, Ezekiel Elliott was on the field for, for a good amount. It wasn't like Tony Pollard was completely taking Zeke off the field. He wasn't. There were a ton of times when Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott, the first touchdown specifically, you know, we can refer to that, where Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott were on the field at the same exact time. There's going to be more of that. I I would firmly expect that the Cowboys are going to be much more run centric going forward. They won't, they won't, they won't want to really put so much pressure on Dak Prescott to be the guy, especially after last week, you know, coming back after basically an entire year off and Dak Prescott dropping back 50 plus times. They don't want to do that. They don't want to be a team that's throwing the ball consistently. They want to run the ball. They want to be more balanced and, that's what they were. That's what they were in the game against Chargers. They were more balanced. They controlled the clock. It was a weird game all around for the Chargers and for the Cowboys. It was a strange, strange game. But I would expect going forward that there is going to be more of a, a an emphasis to get both guys involved. But I still think there's going to be enough to go around for both Zeke and Pollard to, to contribute. I think Pollard can be a flex-level play, a guy that you're filling in on bye weeks when you have other guys out. And I still think Ezekiel Elliott is going to be, at the very worst, he'll be an RB2. At the very worst. But I, I have him as a low-end RB1, and that's the way I think I'm going to have it for the uh, for the foreseeable future. So I ran some numbers, okay. one would say. So Zeke has a, a potential out on his contract in 2023. Yes. Tony Pollard is a free agent in 2023. I believe it's after, let me just make sure that it's after the 2023 season. But I also, I, w- I want you to check this number too. But it's after what, next season, Tony Pollard is a free agent. What is Zeke's dead cap after this year? After this year? After just... this year, what is his dead cap number? So if I were to cut him in 2022... Right, you're making you make him a post June first cut in 2022. 
his dead cap in 2022 would be 18 million 22 or 220,000. Okay. All right. So he's still, that's still a pretty sizable number then. So basically it'd be two years. They could probably cut, they can cut him after the 2022 season. Although, I mean, if he doesn't do well in 2022, I don't know. They might have to keep him because Tony Pollard might be like, well, I'm going to go somewhere else where people value my, my skills. And that's just a disaster. Uh, that, that is a disaster way to have because Tony Pollard is really good. And somebody will value his like, skills. I can tell, I will, I can tell you this right now that Tony Pollard would start for either team that was in that Sunday night game last night for the Chiefs or the Ravens. You put Tony Pollard in those backfields, he's starting. Oh, God, Tony Pollard with the Chiefs, they they run away with the Super Bowl. I don't know if they would run away with the Super Bowl because their defense is very, is very, very meh. But I, he's definitely better than Clyde. Definitely. Well, would you like to talk about it? I mean, we could rip the Band-Aid open. We might as well. It affects both of us. I just don't fucking know. I, I don't like it. No, it's bad. No, it's it's very, very bad when you have Daryl Williams, who's getting the goal line work, um, and you have Clyde that really just doesn't look all that good. So you have to make a decision on... And he fumbled yesterday. Yeah, fumbled the most important drive of the game. He, he fumbled. You have to make it. It's, it's a decision now that we have to make on 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 Clyde and, and and what is he? What are you getting for Clyde? Really, like I don't know. If someone if someone offers us Elijah Mitchell for Clyde, would we take that? No, I wouldn't. Injured Elijah Mitchell? I wouldn't. I Not wouldn't really. take that. If someone offered like that, that that's the problem. Is that there really isn't a super amount right now that is that is going to be worth the time for for Clyde. So it's one of those where it's just going to be like, yeah, maybe we're we're stuck on that one. But you know, for for everyone else, I mean, listen, I know I, I don't toot my own horn very often. The fact that I was able to trade Clyde for Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard after their week one, oh, heaven. Well, you heaven are... on earth that I don't have to deal with the nonsense in one spot. It, 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 truly, it truly is fantastic. It really is. I'm a very, 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 very happy boy knowing that I at least got, got rid of one share of Clyde. Sorry about that, Adam. I just need to celebrate that. I don't have Clyde in two, in two places, just one. Yeah. Honestly, the way that I just look at the way that our draft went, I would probably have taken, cause Joe Mixon was the next running back off the board. Cause we, oh, took, we took Clyde over Mixon. Yeah. Ugh. Clyde That's was two eight and Mixon was three one. That's brutal. Yeah, going back, we would change that. Yeah, going back, we would definitely, definitely change that. Um, well, running backs are really going off the board in that draft. It was crazy. Yeah. Just looking back yeah. at it, it was crazy. Everyone was keeping to the board. Everyone was, you know, taking their running backs and, and, and loading up. Um, oh, here's something that I think we should talk about. We did some questions about this too. Um, the situation in Atlanta with Mike Davis and Cordero Patterson. Cordero Patterson looked very good, I guess. At Mike least Davis looked his, good. his receiving numbers were terrific. Rushing numbers were not, but could we be seeing a change where Mike Davis, again, classic round four bust Mike Davis, is now out of the picture and Cordero Patterson could be the starting running back for the Atlanta Falcons. Well, I don't think Cordero Patterson's a – he's not like a running back. He's not – really, he had that one good season as a running back for New England. Oh, he was lined up as a running back against the against the Bucs. No, he's officially a running back now. 
That's his yeah. position. Mm-hmm. But he's not a running back in a traditional sense. He doesn't have the, I don't think he has, you know, what it takes, I the guess. Pedigree. Not even the pedigree, just I hate when people use the word pedigree, but he doesn't have he doesn't have like what it takes to be a, a running back, like a full bell cow, full like a full-time running back. I just want no part of that mess at all. If I had to own one, I would say Mike Davis is the guy still. Abby, I think, agrees. Maybe. I mean, going by the coaching staff, too, Arthur Smith wants a guy like Mike Davis at running back. Yeah, I don't think the guy that Arthur Smith wants to be his, you know, bell cow back is on this roster. And I don't think it was. No, because Derrick Henry's on the Titans. Fair. But I don't think I don't think it was, it was he was on this roster coming into the year that there wasn't a bell cow back a guy you know in in and out you knew you were going to rely on, um, and I still don't think there is even with Cordero Patterson I would say he's not worth much for Fab dollars. Let someone else pay that, and then you know you just kind of uh, you kind of go from there. But it was a it was a weird day for running backs on Sunday. I would also say, and I, I want people to uh, to monitor this one, the injury to Darrell Henderson could be a big one. If you have Sony Michelle, you might have hit the jackpot. If it is a serious injury, they're calling it a rib injury, nothing more than that. But the problem is the Rams play the Bucks next week. So I'm not quite sure if that's a move you really want to go with in terms of starting Sonny Michelle against the against the Bucks, but to each their own. Yeah. This is technically a, a Sonny Michelle revenge game, even though it's the Bucks and not the Patriots. It's like a half. It's a, a half, half revenge game. It's yeah. a half revenge game. Um I want to talk about one thing, and then if you have anything else that you want to talk about with the running backs, uh, Adam, feel free. I Are mean, we, we talk also, about San Francisco. We have to talk about San Francisco. Yes, that was the that was the one thing that you know I had my my eye on. But I also want to talk about Dalvin Cook and the two times that he went down. Very very briefly, please, if you have Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison is on your waiver wire, go pick him up because he should be number one priority for you. Oh man, Jake's going to be making some bank in our league. Let me tell you. But I mean, Dalvin Cook returned. Dalvin Cook returned. He's healthy as he far as we know. He doesn't have a red letter by his name, so that's good. Yes, it, very good. But for anybody that owns Dalvin Cook that does not have Alexander Madison and he's available for free, I, I don't know what more of a wake up call you need. Go, See, pick, up, is- go pick up Alexander Madison. This is why when I said before, like last episode about handcuffing your running back versus handcuffing other teams running backs, this is why you need to handcuff your own running back. It's a fantastic point, Adam. You, you, you nailed it. You nailed it with that one. And you're right. You're 100% right. I mean, well, this is, this is definitely one of those cases where you have to handcuff your own running back, especially if it's Dalvin Cook, because Alexander Madison, it's almost almost – Almost a like for like. It's a guy that you spent a top five pick on and you're going to leave that uninsured. Like, yeah, that's just playing with fire big time. It really is. All right. So you want to talk about San Francisco? Yeah. I think that's a big one that, you know, a lot of people have some. Have some questions about and and I don't blame them, (laughs) to be quite honest. Yeah, I mean, you have. Elijah Mitchell going down kind of with the shoulder injury. Trey Sermon yep. with a quote-unquote head issue. Yes, uh, so he, uh, he took a shot during that game, and that was, that was on his first carry. It was on his first carry. It was an eight-yard carry, and Trey Sermon just got hit, and he fumbled. Yeah, well, it is not good. And then Jermichael Hasty also, he uh, went down with an injury as well. Yeah, I believe that was an ankle injury. Yes, for to Michael Hasty, but the way that it was that it was set up, 
was Elijah Mitchell was the guy in between the 20s. And then when it got closer to goal line scenarios, it was Jermichael Hasty. He was he was the uh, the guy. So um, you know, it's a mess. <laughs> I mean, who's it, left besides like the former Jet Trenton Cannon and Kyle Uschek, and potentially Elijah Mitchell or whoever? Yeah, I mean, a disaster is really what this could be. Maybe. Maybe they want to use Kyle Juszczyk more in a uh, running capacity. I doubt it. But I would say very, very important to monitor the highest the paid injury report this history. week. Yeah, exactly. Monitor the injury report this week. And I think Jermichael Hasty could be a very, very popular ad again as really just the only guy that's going to be healthy for the Niners. And even then, he may not be healthy. So it's like, who the fuck knows? Who the fuck knows with this with this backfield? Well, you know, if I'm Joe Douglas, I'd be making Trent Can- I'd be making uh, Tevin Coleman available because fuck him. Because fuck him. Because Michael Carter is the guy for the Jets. Ladies and gentlemen, you just heard the analysis from Adam Gaster. Trade Tevin Coleman because fuck him. Well, listen, for one thing, we didn't need we didn't we didn't need Tevin Coleman. Michael no, Carter. Michael, Michael Carter. I think he looks like the guy. He does. Tevin Coleman looked terrible in Carolina, and Michael Carter looks like, looks incredible. There's more. Looked, there's more burst. Really good. Yeah. Well, because he's younger, and he's and he's just a more explosive guy. Yes. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. All right. You want to talk about the uh, receivers? Sure. Well, actually, one more thing. Sorry. Sure. One more thing. Surely. The Raiders. Josh Jacobs being out. Mm -hmm. Kenyon Drake doing things. And Peyton Um, Barber doing things. And and Peyton Barber doing things. It looks like Peyton Barber is the more, uh, you know, ground and pound guy they want to use. Even though Kenyon Drake did have some goal line touches. Towards the end of the game, when they wanted to milk the clock, they used Peyton Barber. Yeah, and I mean, honestly, I don't think Kenyon Drake has too much as far as like upside at this point. Yeah, he's a floor play. He's a he's a floor play. He'll give you a very solid floor in PPR, but outside of that, he's not a guy that's going to be busting through the, gla- the glass ceiling or anything like that. I mean, if you want to look at his underlying numbers. It doesn't look good as far as on the ground. And by underlining numbers, I mean his yards per carry. He didn't even hit two. We did not. In each of his past two games. I mean, listen, five catches. Well, 10 catches overall for like, was that 105 yards receiving? That's good. Mm -hmm. That saves his day usually. Yeah. But you can't expect that all the time. Because now Derek Carr is getting some chemistry with his receivers, like Henry Ruggs and Hunter Renfro. And Darren Waller is still there. Correct. You can't rely on Ken and Drake to just be this PPR god every single week. No, no. But again, you know, it all comes down to expectation of what his role is. If you're expecting Kenyon Drake to be the number one guy, he's not going to be the number one guy. He's a third down back. That's what they have him there for. He's a pass catching back. When Josh Jacobs is fully healthy, Josh Jacobs is going to be the guy on first and second downs. He's going to be the goal line guy. And then Kenyon Drake is going to be your change of pace guy. That's what he is. Kenyon Drake is a handcuff to anybody that owns Josh Jacobs. That's it. Yeah, I think that honestly, uh, for Jacobs going into this matchup at home against Miami, he could be a re- if two is out for an extended period of time. I mean, he could be a really, 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 really good play. If Jacobs is healthy, yes. Yeah, if Jacobs is healthy. If Jacobs is healthy, yes. But I mean, I think Derek Carr is. I think Derek Carr is a is an excellent play. Yeah. Okay. Now let's move on to receivers. Oh, so much to talk about. Uh, Tyler Lockett strikes again. Yeah. 
Yeah, and, and major concern for anybody that owns DK Metcalf because now you're just like, okay, two big weeks in a row for Tyler Lockett and still nothing for DK Metcalf in terms of having that monster, monster week. Uh, and, I mean, let's face it, it does not get much easier for DK Metcalf going forward. Goes to Minnesota next week, not bad. Goes to San Francisco, could be an issue. Home versus the Rams. So it's the, a Jalen Ram- the Jalen Ramsey experience. The Jalen Ramsey experience, exactly. Then goes to Pittsburgh, who, who knows with them. But then gets Marshawn Lattimore week seven. So it's just kind of like, is DK Metcalf a buy low or is he someone that you just want out of because you don't want to deal with the, 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 the back and forth? I will say this. I kind of look at this as the same way that I view the Tampa Bay situation where Mike Evans was the guy who had a bad week last week. This week it was Antonio Brown that had the bad week. Next week, is it going to be Chris Godwin? Who the hell knows? It's going to come down to, you know, you're, you're going to be starting DK Metcalf. You're going to anticipate that there's the possibility that he has a big week. And you're kind of hoping that he has a big week. But right now, it's looking like Tyler Lockett is the apple of Russell Wilson's eye. And that is a huge issue for anybody that owns DK Metcalf, like myself. I own DK Metcalf in a couple spots. And I'm really nervous, especially where I have DK Metcalf, who right now is not the number one for Russell Wilson, Allen Robinson, who we'll get to him, we'll get to him and Amari Cooper, who's now hurt. So it's like, I got three receivers right now that I can't really trust. And this is a team that I really, really like, I think is a wagon. Exactly. And it's not a good sign when you're being outscored by Tyra Lockett and Freddie Swain. Yeah, we didn't even talk about Freddie Swain. Uh, no, it's, I mean, Adam, you're right. It's not a good look. Because Tyler Lockett, we're kind of used to it at this point, but who is Freddie Swain? Right. Right. It's it's kind of like, um, it's kind of like, in, in a way, I guess, it's kind of like Ravi Anderson being outscored by Brandon Zylstra or Zylstra. Who the fuck is that? Who? What? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Brandon... First touchdown. First touchdown of the day yesterday went to Brandon Zilstra. Well, Sam is just so used to throwing to guys who have who were signed off the street that he just wants to uh, have a little nostalgia. I guess so. I I I, I guess so. Um, what else do we want to talk about with the with the receivers? I mean, we did it. We did have a question about um, KJ Osborne the receiver from Minnesota who has now put together two very good weeks in a row and the schedule for him, not bad, not bad going forward. Three home dates with Seattle, Cleveland, Detroit, and then goes to Carolina. As Adam pointed out before, when we were talking about Kirk cousins, I think he's very viable as someone that if you want to, you know, have as a deep league flex maybe on the high end he's a low end wide receiver three but numbers don't lie and kj osborne looks like someone that could be producing for uh for minnesota yeah i mean this guy was like a defensive player i think or special teamer yep last year for minnesota now he's a receiver yeah yeah you look at good. that and he looks really good granted granted most of his numbers came from the uh 60 something yard touchdown to to start but it still counts it still counts it absolutely still counts you got to be open you got to be in the position to make the play and he did um so you know f- a fair play to that but I, I think in 10 team leagues i'm not really that interested but in 12 and 14 yeah i'm definitely interested in in kj osborne uh all right so you want to talk about alan robinson um you know actually before we do that yeah i want to one more exciting thing happy thing Okay. Positive. B- b- before we just go into a hall. Yes. Okay. The Broncos. Yeah. Cortland Sutton looked fantastic. Cortland he Sutton really looked did. fantastic. There wasn't, there wasn't any other receiver on the Denver Broncos that had more, that had more than 36 yards. Cortland Sutton had, I believe it was nine for a buck 58. 
Nine for a buck fifty-nine. I was close. That was very close. Ah. What do you do? I, I want to say I know all, but but I don't off the top off the top of my head. Yeah, very good performance from from Cortland Sutton. He's someone that with Jerry Judy going to be out for probably the next three to five weeks. Cortland Sutton is someone that you should be firing up on in any format whatsoever because, I mean, wow. Teddy Bridgewater has made this offense very, very good. This defense is very, very good. The Broncos could be a playoff team. They, 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 they definitely could. And that AFC West, holy shit, is that division going to be good? A complete bl- uh, bloodbath. Yeah, it's going to be a very interesting division. You know, the Chiefs, the Chiefs definitely have some, uh, some competition there. All right, so you want to talk about Robinson? Yes. All right. This is like the everyone's been asking me, what the fuck do I do with Allen Robinson? The answer is buy low. Buy low right now because his schedule coming up, very, very good. At Cleveland, at home versus Detroit, at Las Vegas, at home versus Green Bay, not great. At Tampa Bay, great. At home versus San Francisco, eh. at Pittsburgh, eh. and then has his bye. I think we're going to see what is to come with Allen Robinson in the next three weeks. Me personally, I'm not super concerned about it. I still think Allen Robinson is going to be okay. But is there reason to be concerned? Yeah, there's absolutely reason to be concerned. Four targets is, that's not good. That's not good. But is it something that I'm, again, Am I super concerned about it? No, because Allen Robinson was a was a catch away from having a two touchdown day, and we're not having this conversation about oh, should we be worried about Allen Robinson? Allen Robinson doesn't drop the ball that Justin Fields threw right on his chest. Allen Robinson has two touchdowns. We're not having this conversation. He could, like he was a drop away from being knocking on the door of twenty points. Exactly, he would have he would have had a seventeen point day, sixteen point day. And we would not be having this conversation because Allen Robinson has a 16-point day, two touchdowns, and everyone's saying, oh, yeah, okay, Allen Robinson's fine. But I think that with the new quarterback, it should make things a lot more interesting. I think so. I, I, I think so. I mean, there's, the, there's the, the angle of having the rookie in there could hurt Allen Robinson, but I think it's only going to benefit him just because I think Justin Fields is going to be looking his way more often than not. Yeah, I agree. And I think it's kind of like how it was with Trubisky. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that is absolutely more than plausible and more than plausible expectation that Al Robinson just becomes the ultimate safety blanket for, um, for Justin Field. Yep. Um, yeah. I think we're kind of good here unless you want to talk about like Amari Cooper, you know, you said that he was hurt. Yeah, he was this week. He- he was hurt, but all signs after the the win against the Chargers suggest that Amari Cooper is fine. So, um, yeah, I wouldn't be too nervous about it and, you know, fire him up against the Eagles because Amari Cooper is, has been fantastic against the Eagles over his career as a Cowboy, where he's averaged, I believe it's 91 yards per contest in six contests versus the Eagles. Wow. Over his over his uh, Cowboys career, so yeah, he's someone that you are firing up against the Eagles. And oh, by the way, folks, that's a Monday nighter. So oh, well, the Eagles in prime time—that's even more, even more so. Listen, listen to this lineup that I'm gonna that I'm gonna have guys that are will be in prime time next week: Jalen Hurts, Miles Sanders, Kenny Gainwell, Jalen Rieger. Dallas Goddard, Zach Ertz, Ezekiel Elliott, Tony Pollard, Amari Cooper, Cedric Wilson, Dalton Schultz. I'll have all those guys in that game. The funniest part is that I don't think any of those guys are from the Thursday night stinker that we're going to have to preview on Wednesday. (sighs) Fuck. Or Tuesday, whatever. That yeah. game is going to be awful. Panthers, Texans, not going to be fun. Game is going to be absolutely dreadful, absolutely dreadful. And it would it would have maybe have been good if Tyrod would have been there. 
No, now it's Davis Mills versus Sam Darnold. Exactly. Fuck. All right, you want to talk about tight ends? Yes. Uh, let me just. Yeah. Let me have a little go at this. Go for it. The tight ends this week were absolutely awful. Absolutely awful. Outside of Travis Kelsey, Rob Gronkowski, maybe no offense, Kyle Pitts. Sure. What about Max Williams, who had Max Williams four points? Folks, do not pick up Max Williams. I beg you, do not pick up Max Williams. Do Max not. with two X's, Williams. Max with two X, Williams. Do not do it. Do not do it. Tight end this week was absolutely pitiful. I mean, holy crap. You want to talk about guys? You want to just ask me, Adam, how many guys had more than 15 points at tight end this week? Or well, if you would like to guess, if you would I like don't to need, guess. I can't guess because I have the stats in front of me. Three. Three. It is three. Max Williams, Rob Gronkowski, and Travis Kelsey. It's the best week of Max Williams' life. So, a guy who you would have to spend a first-round pick on to get. A guy that you could have picked up off of waivers last week, which if you did, very good, good for you. And a guy that you will not be picking up at all and should not be rostered in any way, shape, form, and color, Max Williams. Outside of that, it was Jack Doyle, who is owned in 0.7% of leagues. Noah Fant, good week. Kyle Pitts, good week. And then it was like Darren Waller didn't really do much. The Raiders' two tight ends are just here in the top 10. Yeah, yeah. Darren Waller and Foster Moreau. There they are. But then after that, it's like Mark Andrews, 10.7. Ugh. Logan Thomas, 9.5. Ugh. And then just like it, it just drops off. George Kittle with a 5.7. That needs to be talked about. But then again, Adam and I got the hate for – George Kittle and we were early on George Kittle. Like we were we, early on the George Kittle disappointment. We warned we, you. We tried to warn you. And I'm telling you, I mean, and, and this I think just kind of goes into the whole Travis Kelsey conversation. If you can get your hands on a Travis Kelsey or a Darren Waller, it might be worth the investment from here on out because the tight end position is just so fucking awful. Well, on the other side of that, I don't think that the person that is going to be I don't think anybody's going to want to give up Travis Kelsey because now the positional advantage for Kelsey is humongous. It's It's, that much greater. It's absolutely, absolutely right. And it it only enhances the value of Kelsey more. So maybe if you're in a position like I am where, where I have Kelsey, my team is awful. Like the team is terrible. It may not win a game bad, but I know I have long-term implications in that league. So I know this is my keeper league. Yeah. yeah. So I know that I have the ultimate game changer when it comes to the playoffs. And I know that whomever doesn't have a tight end is going to want Kelsey. And I could basically ask for whatever I want. And everyone is going to be after Kelsey because he's the best. He's the, he is the best. It's not like, it's not like you could, it's not like a, it's not like a McCaffrey. You know, maybe you have, maybe you're targeting McCaffrey, but at the same time, you have a Derrick Henry and you have a Nick Chubb, let's say. You have two top five guys. So it's like, oh, I really don't need McCaffrey. There's nobody better than Kelsey. Kelsey's it. Kelsey's the guy. So it's like, I could try, I could say, I could put it in a group text right now. Travis Kelsey available. I'll have half the league responding because that's just how it is. Yeah. It and you just have is. guys bid against each other. But if you are in a situation where you have like, I don't know, if you have, if you have no, you drafted Noah Fant late and then you picked up Gronk off of waivers. Yep. You sell high on Gronk. You fill out your team. You're good to go. I can tell you that's something I'm considering. Like I'm strong, strongly considering trying to trade Gronk in our league this week 
to try and maybe get an upgrade at tight end, maybe see if the Waller owner is panicking, maybe put Gronk in a package to the Camara owner if the Camara owner is nervous. Hi, Adam. Oh, we didn't even fucking talk about Alvin Camara. I got yeah. Well, we could talk about we could talk about Camara and the Saints quickly. The Saints sucked. The game I'm was so te- nervous. I'm not nervous about Camara, but I just don't know how much longer I can take it. Well, if you get very nervous about Alvin Kamara and you want to make a trade, I will not talk. I will not be talking to you. You could talk to me. I will not talk be to talking me. to you. You should. You should. I will not be talking to you. I believe you should. I think it is in your best interest that we could potentially work out some sort of arrangement. I will not be talking to you. I think you should. I think it may be in your best interest. I think you should shut the fuck up. I think I have great players I can offer you. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was a shit show for the Saints. They were without basically their entire offensive coaching staff who were uh, on the sidelines due to COVID. I waver sort of week. You know, you, you water under the bridge. You move on. I'm not su- – me personally, I'm not super concerned about Kamara. No, I'm not. I No, I'm not. I'm not just saying that because I have a vulture circling around me. But I'm not. He had 18.8 points or 18.1 points last week um, against Green Bay. And yeah, this is a mulligan week. Yep. I agree. It's one, it's one of those weeks where, you know, it is what it is. Although I'm a little worried if you have Jameis. If you if you took Bird's advice and you stream Jameis. I apologize. I apologize. That was just a bad call. I was blinded by love. And my one true love, Jameis Winston, came back to bite me in the ass. And considering what the Patriots just did to Zach Wilson, I said I wasn't going to talk about it. But the Saints are going into Foxborough next week. Yeah. And who? no one is going to want to start Jameis. No. Patriots defense might be a good pickup. Well, uh, good luck finding them. Fuck the Pats, but they good might luck be. finding them. I start. I started the Patriots defense in three leagues this week. It, uh, ladies and gentlemen, play a new game. If a defense is going up against the Jets, start that defense. Until proven otherwise. Until proven otherwise. Yes, correct. But other than that, we don't really have much else. No, I mean, okay. Here's a tight end that maybe we we should be worried about potentially okay. considering that we just dropped our other t- or only other tight end for the Cardinals defense. Mm-hmm. It's Tyler Higby. Not not worried about it. Tyler Higby was on the field for just about every play against the Colts. Um you don't get points for snaps in fantasy. No, but it was it was one of those matchups where they didn't really need Tyler Higby to be the guy, but next week against the Bucks, they're going to need Higby. I'm not concerned about Higby. Okay. Works for me. But other so, than that, yeah. I think I think that's it. Yeah. So we're gonna do our usual co-own shtick, the dynamic duo. Yep. And we might actually end up combining combining waivers into that. Yeah, I, I think that's probably what we're gonna end up doing. Is so we might just do waiver the- show. Yeah. Waiver show and then putting in uh, claims for the call and so, doing that all in one. Yep. Makes more sense that way. And then as per usual, we'll be previewing week three. Yes. Oh, we're idiots. Speaking of previewing. Oh, we got a preview Monday night. Well, we kind of talked. The thing is, we talked about Monday night a little bit last week. Kind of. Because we talked about how, you know, you, you like. Jamal Williams and as I get, I'll make it easy then. I'll make I'll make it easy then. You're starting Aaron Rodgers. You're starting Aaron Jones. You're starting Devontae Adams. You're starting Robert Tunyon. Tunyon's like a low end starting option, but Aaron Jones, Devontae Adams, Aaron Rodgers, high end starts this week. For the Lions, you are not starting anybody not named DeAndre Swift in every league, TJ Hawkinson in every league, and Jamal Williams in twelve teams and twelve team leagues and deeper is a good start. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm starting Hawkinson and Williams. Again, 
in our league, not the co-own, the single. Yep. And we're starting DeAndre Swift tonight. We need a 30 bomb from DeAndre Swift. I need, I think, yeah, I need basically four, like 45, 46 points. From both? From both. Oh, good luck, Adam. I hope you get it. Really? You do? I hope you get it. No, you don't. I hope you get it. I'm, I'm, I'm being a fantastic sport. I feel like it was more. I feel like it was more than that. No, I. Uh, it was not a good week for me. I mean, Joan Rieger uh, laid an egg. Avon Kamara laid an egg. I mean, well, actually, other than that, it was a pretty good week. You Joan need. Re- yeah, I need forty-six points to tie. Forty-six points to tie. Yep. I hope you get it, Adam. And you could say, and you could say that you actually beat that the Jets actually beat Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski for once. I'm not even responding to that. You shouldn't. But uh, anyway, thank you for listening to this episode of the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. You can find all episodes wherever you get your podcasts. We'll talk to you later in the week. We do waivers, as I said before. So for my co-host, Ed Bergsall, I'm Adam Castor, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.